Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to chat a bit of Ange, a bit of transfers, a bit of Enoch, a bit of the fab. Uh, first up from Melbourne is JP. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, man. Still pinching myself a little bit. Got training photos coming out. Got all of Ange and his glory. Oh, my patriotic shingles are just all over me. How, how aroused have you been this past week, seeing him in the training gear and shouting it like that? Have you had just a permanent... Oh, yeah, just good. just massive. Yeah, just just all day. Um, but I will say, Mila Yednak's beard's been trimmed back, so that's just that's brought me down to earth a little bit. <laughs> the, can't can't the, have it all, I suppose. The Aussie ex is he? Paddy was Palace, wasn't he? I think he had some time at Villa as well. I, don't know. I might be wrong, but yeah. He's a, he looks he looks quite hipster, but I wouldn't say it to his face. He looks fucking hard as well. <laughs> he's hard, man. <laughs> also, we're delighted to be joined once again uh, by Flav from the Fighting Cop Podcast. How are you doing, Flav? I'm doing good. Yeah, thanks for having me on once again. So it's lovely talking to you guys. Just um, just sort of enjoying the morning's cricket. I don't know if you're aware, <laughs> Australian have slipped to uh, 85 to four, uh, which means uh, the the fight back for the Ashes is on. And uh, it's not going to be a whitewash, I don't think. I think we're going to do it. Sorry, it's nothing to do with cricket. I'm obsessed by it at the moment. But uh, yes, uh, I saw Poster Coglu um, giving it some about the cricket as well. And uh, he's such a lovely man. I couldn't, I couldn't get annoyed by him. I'm, I'm for some reason I can't really understand why. I'm so excited by what we might see from Poster Coglu's Tottenham. Really, really excited, buzzing for it. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's won us over quite quickly. Like, I'll start with you, Flab. Then, um, what your how are you feel how are your feelings on on the appointment? I think it's one of those ones that that kind of grew. It may not have been our first choice, but it kind of grew on us, and, and I'm really happy with it. Yeah, if you would have told me that Postecoglou was going to be our manager at the you know the start of this season three months ago, I would never have believed you. And it would have been for the obvious things that everyone else is sort of probably thinking or feeling about that appointment before it happened and that was like well you know he's not done it in a major league winning at Celtic isn't the most difficult thing to do and you know is he is this a step up too big but then you're talking to people that actually know about him and and aren't just sort of steeped in these sort of predefined ideas about Australian football or Japanese football and actually talk to people that actually know what he's achieved and, and the, his style of play and he's 
his mentality and the kind of atmosphere that he he wants to create. And you're suddenly like, this actually feels perfect. You know, he's mm. in an excellent position because we are all so jaded by our football club because of the two managers, if you ignore Nuno, the two managers we had before. And even the Nuno period was probably the worst. But you kind of expected it because it was like, it was just, just a weird appointment that was never going to work. But we now... Um, Postacoglu has a, has, a, has a Tottenham fan base in a position that's desperate for good football. And that's his first point point of call, is getting his teams to play attacking, expansive football. And I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. JP, you, you um, supported one of his former teams, Melbourne Victory. And um, was, it, was it his time managing that club that, that, that got you on board? Or was it the National League? Because he wasn't at Victory that long. What was it? When was it that you sort of got, got on the Ange train? Pretty much as soon as he started in the A-Leagues, I think the Brisbane Raw days, um, he pretty much revolutionised football down here. Um, so, yeah, I was following pretty close because Victory were rubbish when he was at Brisbane <laughs> and then we, we got him. To put it into context, we were so desperate to get him from uh, Brisbane that the A-League has a salary cap. I think it's about $2.5 million for the whole squad for a season. We were paying Ange 600000 a year. So, and the, the manager's outside of that. But if you think a whole squad of players, 2.5 million, you're spending 600,000 on Ange. Like that's that's just kind of, it's massive. Like that's how big what he did in Brisbane was that we were like, Was he nah. worth the money? Oh, every penny, every penny. Yeah. Um, and he was only here for a year and we didn't win it. We're the only club he hasn't won anything with, but you kind of, you take that with Ange. You go, it takes him a year and a bit and away you go. He's our, he's our Mourinho. Um <laughs> Just, but the but football you're, was brilliant. You're also a Spurs, you're also a Spurs fan, man. Yeah. Oh, the parallels. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the irony here is that he probably won't win anything for Spurs either. Yeah, it's you're, brilliant. You're so any any club that I care about, he can't win. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, but, but on on Angela, like we, we've seen um, every every club he's gone into, he's sort of shaken things up big time. Like like even at Celtic and 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 Victory and and Brisbane Roys and when he was in Japan as well, just managed a complete overhaul of the squad. Um, and we'll go into transfers soon, but but do you think he's going to do the same with, with us, Flav? Do you think that that it's needed, um, the, the the big overhaul? Yeah, I mean, the overhaul would be about the mentality, I, I think. I think the number of players coming in won't, wouldn't be any different than if Conte was still here. I don't think we'd our transfer, a profile of player that we might want to get in might have changed, but the amount of activity and the amount of money we're going to spend, I think probably would be would have been the same. But it's the mentality. The overhaul is, is in the mentality and the idea of the kind of football club that we want to be and and how you're going to have to play in order to fit into the, to, to his system. And, and we've already heard, you know, big stories coming out today about Huibia. You know, he may be the first casualty. And we had a, an Australian journalist on his name in this second, escapes me, apologies. Um, but um, what's his name? Shit, doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, and he was talking about Hoybier not fitting into that system, which at the, at the time I was like, I don't know, that's kind of he's Mr. Reliable. He's barely missed a game in three years. He's he's like always on camera, he's always you know in the thick of it. He's a kind of captain without being the captain. For him to be just sort of cast aside, as it seems like he has been, would suggest that there is a way that you need to play regardless of what your status is in the squad. And if it doesn't fit that system, then there's no real place for you there. So that's the kind of overhaul and getting that across to a bunch of players and who have been kind of trained into 
playing and behaving in a certain way under the two really great managers in Conte and in and, and Mourinho by reputation. Um, that will that will take time, and I'm not sure he'll mm. be able to get that done before August. Um, and that's fine as well. We have to give him time to, for this massive transition to take place. Um, but mm. I think that's where the overhaul is going to happen in, in in reshaping the minds of our footballers. Yeah. Well, on on that, JP, what players do you think will respond well of of our squads? What players do you think will respond well to that shift in mentality, but also the shift in style of play? Like uh, there's been lots of talk about Ndombele and like he fits and he doesn't. Like I think it was you that said it actually. Like he does everything on the ball that Ange wants and everything off the ball that he doesn't want. So, but yeah. what what players do you think uh, would 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 revolutionize could it be regular like someone left field that you think will uh, will work under Ange? I think left field I think my shout's been Jed Spence for the the longest times but then I think about the defensive line we've been linked to at the moment if you've got Spence Udoji um who's this Van der Ven and Romero that's like the ropiest back line that you could ever <laughs> wish for <laughs> wicked going forward but super ropey down back um oh, yeah. but he could be something because I think Angie's looking for players who've got some pace in that back line as well as who can kind of drive a ball forward. That'd be cool. Um, but other than that, I think Brian Hill might be the the one that potentially comes out of nowhere and, and does something. He's, he's Angie's type of player if he can just stay off the floor. So fingers crossed for Brian. He's bulked up a bit as well. So apart from his, his, his facial hair, he's got a little caterpillar on his... I'm one to talk, I know, but it looks it looks quite funny, his, uh, his facial hair. What, what about you, Flav? Do you think... What, what sort of player do you think will... Um, Will be well received by by Angel. Um, I mean, I, I, it's, I you got. I mean, the, 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 we're quite well loaded in in midfield and, and up front, and I don't think we're going to see a huge change. It's sort of sort of Conor Gallagher coming in, and and him being the type of player that's going to play in Hoybier's role. Um, but in terms of surprises, I I think it's I don't think there will be any really. I, I think people are expecting to see a Dogi and Poro or Jed Spence start, I actually think he's gonna, he'll actually go back to either Ben Davies at left back and Emerson Royale, and it'll be less... We can't go into the Premier League with a back line of Van der Ven, Romero, Adogi, Spence or Poro. Like, mm. we can, we can, and it will be exciting, but it's also going to be... It's, there needs to be a level of conservatism, I think. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and it works, and we, it, it, it's possibly the most attacking side in the Premier League. If he does, he does do that. So you have got that back line I just mentioned. You have got Basuma, Bentancur. I know he's not fit till November, but Bentancur and Madison. That's not the strongest midfield, although Basuma can put it about. But a single pivot, two attacking eights, and then and then up front you've got the usual three, and 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 anyone else who can fit in there and take that place. But there's not much solidity there on the ball would be mm. fantastic. I mean, I don't, I'm only not, I only know enough about Postacoglu as much as what I've been told about Postacoglu. And I haven't seen a great deal of these about his teams playing. So it's difficult to, to, to suggest that uh, it's diff- difficult for me to suggest, you know, playing that kind of football at Celtic is very different from doing it at Spurs when we are with the eight, uh, by last season's um, rankings, at eighth best team in the league, defensively porous already. Removing the, the double pivot for a single pivot is scary, but I'm all like I don't want to be sat down and bored to death and eke out one nil or two nil wins or actually draws or lose 
if we're gonna go if we we didn't win anything that way anyway so why not not win stuff and watching great football <laughs> well, the, the, the point they made there as well is that, that our squad's been built around Conte ball like we bought we've spent high on wing backs yeah. which Ange doesn't play which, which only a select few managers do play I think that's why we were looking at Amorim from Porto sorry from Sporting because he did play a back three with wing backs and but um JP do you think that we may see some surprise outings do you think that because we've only just signed Poro, so selling him now would be weird. But we've got these wing backs, and they they wouldn't fit in the midfield three because that, like Flav says, that would sort of sacrifice solidity. Um, do you think? Do you think there'll be some surprise outings in terms of those the, the wing backs? Uh, bearing in mind, Ange doesn't doesn't use them, or can he adapt them to to to, to fullbacks? I don't know if there'll be any surprise outings in terms of like sales because I, I don't see a world in which we sanction the sale of Poro and, you know, Spence might go back on loan maybe. Um, but I can see like players that you thought would play more minutes just not being seen for the first half of the season. So like Poro just might not be anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if Emerson Royale plays every minute of every game this season. So We'll wait and see, but yeah, there's. I think there's a few players who you might think are, are not nailed on starters that might not play that much. I think Basuma, when um, Bentoncourt is back, I actually see Bentoncourt playing that six better than Basuma will. So, you know, potentially he's one because I don't know if he really fits that eight role either. Okay, with, with Madison coming in, it does limit those mm. those spaces. Yeah, Do, Flav, what 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 makes a successful season under Ange? Like like you said, the the bar's been brought so low, bearing in mind that the football that we've been delivered, but we did have top four uh, last season, well, season before last now, I guess. Well, what, what, what that is that help us in any way? Anyone enjoy any of that? Like we, got, no. we did finish top four. The, the moment where we qualified was fantastic, but I think the, the qualification for Champions League for a team like Tottenham, the, the fact that we spend about the same, regardless whether we're in the competition or not, really mm. doesn't may have, you know, it's important to have the kudos and gravitas of being a part of it. And to be out of that competition for a significant amount of time causes problem. But I don't think we're going to have a worse season this year for being for not being in the Champions League. I think it's 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 annoying that other clubs have got in there and Arsenal especially. But it's fine. It's not. It's not. I think a good season this season is finishing higher than we did with you know the points tally last year, but playing much better football. But I think what we also need to take into account is it might not work straight away. We and and, and you know, JP just mentioned about you know people are expecting certain players to get minutes. The first thing that's going to happen if this doesn't start well is people will be calling for players to be dropped and swapped out. And what we need as and, and it won't happen because football fans aren't patient. I'm you know I'm guilty of it as well. Everyone is. Um, but what will happen is if you know if things aren't going well, then they'll call for players to be dropped and players that are popular within the fan base will be asked to be brought back in. Like Jed Spence was the entire, not everybody, but a lot of people going, why isn't Jed Spence playing? Why isn't Jed Spence playing? Why isn't he playing? These are people that have never seen him play. It's just different <laughs> from what we've seen. We might then they say, oh no, I watched him when I was, when in, 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 for the championship in front. No, you didn't. No one watches the championship. That's all, like, unless your team's in it. No one's sitting down and watching a good game of football between Derby and Nottingham Forest. It's just not happening. Spurs, certainly not Spurs fans. There may be a minority that do, but generally no one had seen Jed Spence play and had no real understanding about how good he is. Same with Troy Parrott, where Mourinho is saying he's not ready. He's not ready. 
And then eventually went, all right, go on, have a look at him. Brings him on. What clearly isn't ready. And we never see him again. He goes off to Preston, out on loan. But managers know what they're doing. So what I'm asking you and what I'm getting at is, is if this doesn't work straight away and we have to take time and results are poor and we're 10th by November, December, we just have to let it play out and see what he can do with the time he needs to build the squad. And if this season doesn't isn't what we hoped, then let's trust what's happening and 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 and, and play it out. You know, he's got a, 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 a what is it, a three or four year contract? It's four, yeah. Four. Let's just let it play out. Short of an absolute disaster, let's let the next four years play out um, and, and see what it is. Because every, I, I don't think I can go through another three years of watching Spurs. I, I have done, and we all did, in those last three years. So what success looks like for me is a for, for and for Ange Postecoglou is good football. Something that is clearly linked to the type of football we've been used to seeing through the years at Spurs. And a different philosophy. Uh, a manager that clearly wants to be there instead of hates our guts like Mourinho and Conte. Mm. Do, you know how, do you know how degrading it is to sit there and will a win or will success for a manager who absolutely hates your guts? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, what's a disaster for you, Flav? Like if we're 15th in February, but we've lost seven games, 9-8, like is that a good season still? No, it's not a good season. <laughs> obviously, obviously, it's not. And I don't want to be losing games 9-8, right? But I'm, I'm just saying, let's just wait and see. Short of being relegation-threatened by Christmas, mm. yeah. we just got to let this, let this play out. But if, that, if we're 15th and we've lost seven games by Christmas, then there'll be a lot of pressure on him. Not from me, but there will be. And said himself previously, he's like, look, judge me after a year. Like, don't judge me mm. uh, in the first few months. And he had a, a, a rocky start at Celtic as well. Everyone was just like, who is this guy? They, they, they lost in the Champions League. So they, they went out before they didn't qualify for the group stages. Yeah. Um, and they, I think they lost the first league game narrowly, but they lost it. And then it clicked and it, they went on a run. So, JB, do you, do you doubt that, that, that the Ange will come good. Is it? Is there anything that makes you think? Well, uh, maybe like because I think football's all relative. Like he's he's got better players here. So, of course, the competition's tougher. But if if the, the, his methods work, then they'll work with better players. And and the optimist in me will think, well, maybe he won't need as long to to get his ideas across. That these footballers will have a better footballing intelligence, and it will click sooner. How how long do you think it will take for him to to get his ideas across? I'm fully convinced that it'll work. I've been yeah, I've got receipts on YouTube for this. I've been calling for it in, since February that we want I want an engine because he's my man. Um, <laughs> but it will take time. I think with Brisbane, it took a good like six months before they started really getting it uh, and playing good football. Um, so it could be a really rocky three, four months for us. Um, but if we can wait it out, I think it'll be worth it. Okay. As long as you can see the, the, the change, you yeah. can see what he's trying to do, then you have to be patient. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting well, on... in that in that six months at Brisbane, no one was calling for him to be sacked. They were they were terrible. They were getting smacked up everywhere. But everyone was like, oh, I see what we're doing here. This is interesting. Let's go with it. I, I don't <laughs> want to give them credit too much, but there were there were a segment of scum fans that were saying no i can see what he's trying to do they're mm. that saying trust the process 
Mm. Um, and they could see actually why we've we're we're finished eighth, but there's a there's a clear plan that's been trying to be put into place. And let's just give him time. There are other morons, which is typical of their fan base, morons that were calling for his head the end, the beginning of the season for loss. So, um, it, 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 we it, not. We, I think generally we, if for for a club that has won nothing in twenty years, we demand everything. And mm. this is one one time that that we should like I don't know just sit back and wait and see. As long as we can see progress, a change in style, and a manager that is um, you know leads instead of blames and, and 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 makes excuses for why his team didn't win, and blames the team. A, a manager who, who actually you know is this is he, he leads the, the club you know, as a spokesman, but also as a manager. And the change in philosophy, the one that was similar to, to Pochettino. You remember Pochettino's sister's first season? He, you know, we wasn't flying. We were better. We were in a much better position place than we was under Sherwood. But it took took time. But we saw what was happening. You know, and, and that's that's something we've just got to look for, the positives, I think. Yeah, that, that deflected free kick against Villa, the Kane one, that, that, that was almost watershed. That was like when... Kane sort of came on the scene and, and said, look, I'm the guy. And, and that was when Poch balls started we're like, oh, okay, right, we're getting it. And that and the celebrations as well and that togetherness. And I think Ange can bring that as well. I, I was watching the videos of him. The crowd just loves him. And I, and I think Spurs, with with with, our, with the crowd, the go-to games, they do like a manager like that. They do like a manager that, that, that gives it. That, that, that's the thing with, with Conte Cam as well. One of the good things about Conte was his energy on the touchline and we really responded to that so I think Ange will get get that as well and hopefully get the patience but on the subject of patience uh, I was going to start with signings coming in but let's look at the word of, of signings going out Harry Kane uh, there's the the Bayern Munich rumours won't go away uh, apparently we've offered him 450k a week uh, to stay uh, he's not signing that anytime soon though JP is he no no and I wouldn't either if I was him although I would because it's Spurs and I've so got Spurs no <laughs> yeah and I've got no physical ability to play for the team so if someone's offering me free money I'm going to take it um but yeah no if I was Harry Kane I'm waiting to sign that until like my con- the last day that my contract expires mm. Flav you, you you agree with that do you think you'll probably wait and and see how the season pans out and that, that comes back to our point like the the patience yeah you know he should sign and if he doesn't I'll hate him forever but... <laughs> Uh, but it, from his perspective, the sensible thing would be to yeah just wait, and see what offers he gets in January because there'll be a, there'll be every club in Europe would want to get him on a free transfer next year. So um, yeah, from his perspective, you, you'd want to say. But you know, you talk, there's, there's a couple of things that, that sort of give me a, some some hope. Um, and the first one was him talking about the atmosphere and talking about the mentality of the place and how we need to change it. We need to build something new. Giving him the responsibility to be a part of that change could mean that he, you know, he he sticks around and goes. Actually, you know, this the, the showing this level of loyalty actually probably means more than winning the Bundesliga. That is nonsense, by the way. If he goes to Bayern Munich, I'd be amazed. I'd be, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Like, who gives a shit about winning the Bundesliga if you're Harry Kane's position? It's different, like as a player. Like Hoybier, for example, you could see why he would want to go to Bayern Munich, but he's on the brink of breaking Shearer's record. That record of being an all-time Premier League goal scorer is so much more impressive than winning a group-based 
competition in Germany. I just, I cannot, the only thing that would usurp that would be winning the Champions League with Bayern Munich. Maybe, maybe. But even that, there are, you know, there are there are lots of people that have won the Champions League. No, he could be the only p- p- player to 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 beat the uh, Premier League goal scoring record. So that's why I just think, and, and the money they're offering, like sixty sixty million pounds, is an absolute yeah, insult. I guess a lot for them, but we're a British club with British interest for this player. And the only option, the only the positive would be you get him out of the league. But I just can't see him wanting to go there. I think it's all nonsense. It's an odd one. It is, uh, but but I think JP. He does want to win stuff. He does want to win the league. And unless he goes to City, he's not going to win the league in England. So, the if I were him, he is he's thirty. Well, he's thirty this month. He's got another sort of four years, maybe, um, at, at the top of his game. So maybe a bit more because he's not about pace. Bit a bit like showing him in that aspect. But also, he's fitter than those players back then. I think the, the mean average of a player will be older now than it would have been when Shearer was playing, for example. So he probably. If, if his ankles hold up, probably has five or six years at the top still. Right, if I was Harry Kane, I stay for next year. I score 30 goals in the Premier League under Ange. And then I've got, what, 17 left to score to beat Shearer's record. Go sign a one-year contract with Madrid, win something, and then come back and beat Shearer's record. <laughs> that is a great <laughs> idea. Rigid, like a bridging move. Just yeah, go yeah. there, do what you got to do. Get it out of your system. Like it takes like, you two years. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> being with your missus, but it's a, your first relationship. And then you're both sort of clucking to go and have sex with someone else. And you go, well, let's just go out, get it out of systems, then come back and live happily ever after. That's what you should go yeah. and do. Yeah, the hall pass. Like uh, You get a hall pass yeah. to sort of go and do what you want. And then no questions asked. And you can come back. No, there'll be no guilt. There'll be no... Uh, yeah, but it's... Doesn't work though, does it? It's nonsense. Doesn't. There, there, are, it... there are always questions. And there is always what... guilt. There is, but what is, and also, what does that mean about what does that make Tottenham? Like, it does make us a bit more of a joke that, that our best yeah. player ever had to sort of go somewhere for a year to get out of his system and come back to the team and that doesn't win shit. It's just... I, I know, I know, there's not you've got to have dignity, but I don't care. I just want him. Just, <laughs> yeah. Do what makes you happy and come back. You yeah. know what will happen as well? Like, we'll win the FA Cup that year he's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing <at> Real Madrid. <laughs> Oh god! Um, other outgoings. Then we, we touched on on Hoybier as well. Forty? Would you, would you take forty mil for Hoybier, JP? Yeah, I drive him wherever you want to go. <laughs> forty million. Take, no one's offering forty mil for Hoybier. I think uh, that's what I saw I, I, again. It's Twitter. It's been, so mooted. Knows, but, it's been mooted. Like yeah. pesos, <laughs> rupees. But uh, yeah, old flappy arms. Like, come on, you can go and flap his arms in the Bundesliga. Go back to 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 Bayern or. or did, no, Madrid went in for Madrid's got a solid midfield now with Bellingham and uh, yeah, yeah. they're, they're sorted for the next eight years. They're yeah, that one anyway. Other outgoings, then let's have a look. Um, Sanchez to, to Villarreal. I think Sanchez, I think he is definitely going. I think he, we, he knows it, we know it. And and mate, I, 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 feel, I feel I feel for the guy. I think he does need to, to restart his career elsewhere. Um, we've I, touched I, on, I'll be surprised if he. Like someone, there was there was talk of a fifteen million pound bid for Sanchez for Villarreal. We were having a conversation on the fighting cock saying we're not sure he'll get another club. <laughs> Certainly, at least unless he's letting letting unless he you know and uh, and appreciate you've got links to Colombia, Brendan. So you may have like, yeah. a dog in the fight here. But I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's it's, it's the same as with with with, with um, Mark on the pod. 
If anyone says anything about Hoybier, he's immediately on the back foot, <laughs> merely because they both had mums that give birth in the same country. So you become defensive. And, and um, you know, I, Sanchez, I swear to God, I, I have nothing against the man at all. And he, he, he tries his best and he's, he's been professional. And you've got to respect him from all of those all of those reasons. He doesn't choose to be put into difficult situations that Conte threw him into. But if I ever see him play for Spurs again, I'm going to shoot him myself in the face. <laughs> Look, I, I, as, as, uh, as you know, I was in Colombia last week. Uh, I was in Medellin and uh, I was wearing my Spurs shirt in a, in a bar. Random guy walks by and sees the shirt and he's like, Sanchez! Sanchez, <laughs> yeah, 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 and and I love that sort of shit. But I, I think he's an international defender. I think there is a value to him, and just because, as you said, he's been put in certain situations, and there's a picture of him face planting against City when we got whacked at the the Etihad. Um, he's he's got attributes. He's got he's got enough there, and I think just a change of scenery can have a difference. Like Winks going to Leicester, I think Winks would do bloody well at Leicester because um, it's it's a change of atmosphere. It, it, our squad has become so stale. He, he's a sort of symbol almost of the stagnation of the squad. And I think sort of him going on, I think, yeah, 15 mil, I take that. We paid 40 for him. He's obviously not worth that. And and Mourinho sort of made made fun of him. He, he targeted him in the, the Europa League final with, when, when he was at United. So, I don't know, 15 million, 10 million. I mean, and, I, and again... I would consider, like, honestly, like, in, in, in what we did with Warrior is just turning the contracts off and saying that you're free to go... Just get that that wage bill off. That, that I would I would have been happy with that. So if you get any cash from him at all, it'd be sensational. But well, let's use Oreo as, as an example. Then how many games did he play in the Premier League last season for for Nottingham Forest? He, he got games last season. He did. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, sort of tearing up the contract, getting rid of for the sake of it, and, and then it can come back to bite you in the arse later on. But but um, let's move on. Lo Celso, um, Flav, how much do you reckon we'll get for for Lo Celso? I think actually he's one of the the few that actually have genuine value um, because he's done well when he's gone out on loan. Um, it, it's weird that he isn't even. I mean, this may may change, but he's not even been considered to be a part of the first team when you know technically he's gifted and and it's more than good enough to be a success in the in the Premier League. But for whatever reason, he just doesn't want to be at Spurs and we don't want him there either. Similarly with Ndombele, I don't obviously news has come out this week that Postacoglu wants to give him a try, which is sensational news because if we can get him playing, then that's it's like a new signing. Um, yeah, anything between 25 and 30 would be good for Lo Celso. Getting these players, we've got a huge bloated squad. All of that can be put into back into the, the transfer market and there's no good just having a player around that isn't part of the system as good as he is. So, yeah, anything around 25-30. Mm, JP, because there were, there were rumours about Lo Celso not being liked very much. And again, you don't know if they're, they're, they're true. This Hotspur way is a big place. There's lots of staff there sort of whispering and telling their friends certain things. But um, do you see him? Do you think he has a future at the, at the club or it will go back to, to Villarreal or, or, or somewhere in Spain? I reckon he'll end up getting loaned back out again. As much as he's got value, I think he's been injured every time he's had a loan spell out. So I don't know if anyone stumps up the cash in Spain to know that he's going to play like 10 games for them. So he has the like ability to play the Ange system. And so I would like to have seen him get another chance, but it, the noise all just seems to be that he's not liked around the squad. So get him out. And we just need to build harmony and unity back in the squad. So 
kind of like, I'm all good. He can go. That's fine. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Well, let's go on to incomings now. We sort of went, I went backwards that way because of the Harry Kane thing. Um, James Madison, uh, he's up there. Like, like Flav, were you, you happy with that one? Because the stats wise, he's up there with sort of Fernandez, De Bruyne, and to get him for 40 mil, I know he had, only had a year left and they were relegated, but that was yeah. a good bit of business. Brilliant. Like the fact that, that, that we managed to get him, we're not in the Champions League. He is, you know, if not the best, one of the best number 10s in um, in the Premier League. He, if he starts well at, at, at Tottenham, and I'm sure he will, he'll probably end up in the England squad as well. Um, we heard, and, you know, everybody hears stuff and you, you, you take most of it with a pinch of salt, that he'd agreed to join Spurs last season. Even, we, even mm. when things were going completely tits up with Conte, that this deal in principle had been put in place and and that he'd agreed to join us and, and and that was literally about three or four months ago so when we were linked again in the summer I wasn't it was, I was never in, in any doubt really it was a great bit of business fantastic he definitely improves us we've been crying out for someone like him since Ericsson signed I'm not saying anything that everybody doesn't already know we've, mm. we've absolutely pulled one out the bag there and um I, he, he, he was he's head and shoulders Leicester's best best player and he's classy. He's so classy, silky. Having a genuine number 10 to feed into Kane, should he stay, that would be an absolute joy to behold. Like we'll, That's exactly what we want to see as Spurs fans, is, is Maverick, a Maverick number 10 feeding the best number nine in, in the world. And we finished eighth. What the fuck? I don't know what's going on, really. It's a great bit of business. Fantastic. <laughs> JP, is it, what, what do you think it was that, that convinced me? Because we are a big club and, and it's fair enough we're one season out the, the Champions League and Newcastle have their one season. But that, that doesn't mean that the shift has already happened, that Newcastle are a permanent fixture in the Champions League and Spurs are slipping out. It's transient and I think we are a big attraction. London obviously helps. Uh, it's not that far from Leicester and obviously it is it is the, the capital and the main sort of city to attract players. So... Why do you, what do you what do you think's wrong with Madison? Why the fuck do you want, you want to join Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with any of our players? Um, mm. I think London and about one hundred and seventy thousand weekly other reasons uh, probably yeah. played a large part in it. Um, but to be honest, like if I'm Madison, I'm looking at that Newcastle squad. I'm not guaranteed to play. They also didn't put in a bid for me. So you know, playing at Spurs is better than anyone else that's left on the table. So as much as we were eighth placed, you kind of guaranteed a, a sixth place and above in the next couple of years anyway. So mm. it's a, it's a safe bet to be not terrible, but also like not the most ambitious signing if we had to say so um, on his part as well. <laughs> uh, how's, how's the, are we going in the cricket, Flav? Are, are you, are you I'm, I'm sorry. I've got an Amazon delivery and uh, my <laughs> missus, it's a password and she's calling me and I say, I can't, I'm, it's not really professional, but I don't Mate, know. I don't know where to find the password. I don't know why I need a password. I don't know why they can't just give her the parcel. I'm trying to do this while listening to you. And I've just decided to forget Amazon. It doesn't matter. It will come back. No, no. Sorry. Mate, what was... 
So out the delivery, man. It's all good. It's all good. No, it's, I can't be bothered. Let's, let's, I'll, I'll rock much rather talk to you guys. Oh, that's very kind. Very kind. Um, other new signing is the, the goalie Vicario. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, didn't know anything about him until we were linked. Um, f- but I think we, we sort of, we were going after Raya. I was a bit disappointed we didn't nail him down, although he may not be the perfect keeper. He does have the Premier League experience. He is homegrown, which is which is of, of benefit these days. But 40 mil was a, was a stretch too far. Flav, were you all right with the, the Vicario? Oh, Vicario? Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, like you say, I didn't, I didn't know anything about him either. And I've got a great ability of turning any anything where there's no other proof of turning anything that we do into a massive positive. Now, I never heard of him, but I started reading it, reading about him and what other people were saying about him being the second best goalkeeper in the um, in, in 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 Syria and the best young goalkeeper. And if you look at his stats and data, uh, they're not dissimilar to Raya. The only mm. difference being that Raya knows we know Raya can do it in the Premier League and. Uh, and 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 you know, playing for a team like Brentford's probably closer to Tottenham than what Empoli did with him. But the, the choice, the reality is, you've got Raya for forty million. Or you've got a, a goalkeeper on paper performs as good as him, and there's a twenty-six million differ, differential between the two. You go mm. for the cheaper one because you can put that twenty-six million pound into signing a, a second centre back or whatever it is you feel you need. The club feels we need. So it's a no-brainer to do that. Um, yeah, so so I, I I don't I don't have any issue. The, again, the problem that's going to come up is that people have had an idea about David Raya, and the minute Vicario throws one into his net, which is inevitably does like all goalkeepers do, they're going to go, oh, yeah, well, look, this is what happens when you buy cut price players. There's already this sort of narrative that's going around whatsapp groups that i've i've seen about us making cut price prices all the time could have gone for tap tap sober but ended up going for van der ven because it's slightly cheaper um it may have been that that was our design all along but people the, the reputation the way tap sober has spoken about is as if he's a much superior defender than van der ven mm. and he may be i don't know but all of it is is speculation and and um until we see him playing football for tottenham but yeah. yeah, to answer your question, why not? It can't be any worse than Lloris. And um, we, and that's not to take anything away from what he's given us over the years, but he's broken now, right? He's not he's not fit for purpose as a Tottenham Hotspur goalkeeper. So yeah, it, we needed, it needed to happen. And if we have fixed our goalkeeping issues for the next eight years for the price of 19 million euros, uh, where, you know, with add-ons, then great, again, great business. If he turns out to be not good enough, then rubbish business. But we don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it was low risk. Like it was, like I said, the price was like these days. Eighteen, nineteen million is not is not uh, out of the realms of. It's not big big money these days. So it's uh, it was fine, and we could probably still go back in for Ray if Ray does stick around at Brentford. I don't think he'll sign a new contract there. We'll probably want to go for free within a year. So come January, if he's still hanging around there, we could bring him in. If if Vicario clearly hasn't hasn't worked out, but with JP we um. Uh, Flav talked about Tab Sober and Van der Ven. You're a, you're more sort of finger on the pulse when it comes to uh, to player profiles than than either of us, I'm sure. So, what do you know about them, and which one would you go for, or or both? One of them's wicked fast. That's about as much as I know about him. Um, so that was <laughs> that was exciting. Um, I looked at some heat maps of Van der Ven, and the bloke's like basically playing as a winger half the time. So yeah. that sounds. Um, 
really encouraging for a team that's playing a high line for your centre back to be up on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but his recovery pace is excellent, and you need that in an Ange team, and we don't have that kind of anywhere else. Uh, so he looks good. He looks comfortable on the ball. He can throw in a tackle. I like him as a defender. I would like. I feel like we still need like a big like strapping lad next to him who's just going to like knock everything away. And I don't know if Romero is that, but if we get him in, it's it improves our defense. So I can't complain really. Yeah, especially if we're playing a high line, the pace is important. Yeah. Like it, that video of him sort of running back when there was the counter, it, it just so reminded me of Ledley against Robin. You know, in that sort of last ditch, he got in there just in time. Although it was a different, like blocking on the line was different to sort of nicking it off his off his feet. But it's, it's one of those, Ledley vibes. It's one of those, every time you watch it, you expect a different outcome. And it just like, oh, no, no, he blocked today. Yeah, no, well, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to as as, as we talked about the, the good business with um, with Madison. Apparently, that was that was Daniel Levy heading up the um, the negotiations. There, having said previously, look, I'm, I'm, he's the, well, making uh, noises that he's stepping back from the footballing side of things. Flav, the last time you were on, you said, and, I, and this is a quote: "You'd be mad to want them out." And uh, a year later. You've done a 180, and as have many, as have many. Hold what, on. What, <laughs> what was the complete context of that quote? <laughs> that, that's six things, words. That's six words. Things, things were going well. Things were going well. We were yeah. just qualified for the Champions League. We had a great manager make, making seven signings. Like, things were hunky-dory in the there summer you know. last year. That's and... why you're bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a year is a long time in football, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. A year is like you know, six years in life, one year in football, so much can change. Yeah, when I made that quote, uh, that, that said that thing that you said I said, that, that, you know, things were great. This time last season, we were had Conte, who done everything we hoped he could, and more by qualifying for the Champions League, usurping Arsenal in the way we did. Signing, we all thought we won the transfer window, making mm. statement signings like Richarlison, mm. you know, a backup player for 60 million pounds, 50 million or whatever we paid for him. Yeah, all of it made complete sense. Um, the reason why I've gone 180 on Daniel Levy is, and I don't think I'm going to say anything that ha- hasn't been said, uh, mm. so I'll try and make it as interesting as possible. But the, the key thing for me was the reg- the regulation talking about regulation of the, 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 the transfer market and the market makers like Man City. Chelsea and Arsenal and Newcastle need to be stopped and I don't disagree with that I think there are there is a better system with a stricter uh, a system that's more strict on how you can spend your money but as a fan I'm like I, I don't care I, I need I need us to look to at least outwardly look like we want to achieve and by him saying, you know, we just need to wait for regulation is like the least inspiring thing I've ever heard, which made me think that that's actually what he's driven to do is is run. He gets his kicks out of running the football club in, 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 a, in a sensible manner. And that's fantastic. It's really great. And, we, and, and, and I've, I've enjoyed what he's done and, and appreciate everything that Daniel Levy has done for Spurs. And I think people were way too critical of him way too soon. But I look at the way other clubs around us behave in the transfer market. 
and we're all, we always seem to be that one rung below. And then you look at how we perform financially. We're the most profitable football club in the world. Hmm. We pay the most in ticket prices, or we did before this summer, because Fulham are now the most expensive season ticket price. But but the way we behave doesn't seem to marry. And I'm thinking, let's uh, while I say get him out, Enoch out, get him out. I, d- I don't think I've ever. I may not have been as, as clear cut as that. And I can't. I've, it's like hundreds and hundreds of podcasts we do every year, right? Yeah. Um, including the stuff behind the paywall. So I can't remember exactly what I've said all the time. I would say that the best possible scenario would be that we have another owner come or someone else who comes in and buys a proportion of the football club that gets some sort of uh, benefit to us becoming successful. Um, ideally, not a nation state, but I think we're moving towards a, a, a position in football, certainly in, in, in England, where everyone's going to be owned by someone with some sort of political agenda. Um, anyway, whether that might be an American um, syndicate, wherever it might be, to come in and, and, and be interested in the football. And Daniel Levy able to be left to, to run the operations of, of, the, of the brand and the, you know, the global entity that is Tottenham Hotspur. Because what he does incredibly well is run the financial side of the business. Like I said earlier, there's a four-bridge list of pro- most profitable sporting franchises. I appreciate Spurs isn't a franchise, but sporting franchi- franchises, and we were fourth in the world of all sports hmm. and number one in football for the, for the, the most money generated compared to how, how much we spent. So... That no, no one else is doing that. So what we need to do is take advantage of that huge revenue that we're creating, and put it back into the football. And mm. it's a shame that we we're in this, we're in a situation where how much money you spend directly correlates to how successful you are. But that's where we that's where football's been for the last three decades. And so actually, since the '60s, Spurs were guilty of it as well. We, no one talks about this, but in the '61, we we absolutely spent a wedge on that team. But you know, if that is the case, and that's the way football is in the UK, we have an opportunity to do it. And I don't think that will happen with just Enoch there. We need someone else who's ready to back, to take advantage of that revenue. And uh, he'll be in a good position. I don't know if you watched the the interview with him at the Oxford Union. It was Oxford or Cambridge in one, yeah, one of the did, two. Yeah, yeah. And it was brought up. I think one of the, the guys in the crowd was a Spurs fan and, and brought, brought up like um, the lack of, of success under his tenureship and and his immediate response his first the first thing he said was i would like to think that spurs fans uh looking at where we were before i came in and afterwards that spurs fans appreciate the progress that have, that's happened and i think we do i think yeah. we've given him that we've given him that absolutely um i th- i also think that, that i agree with you that that his very frustrating um means of going about transfer business Whilst we sort of do marvel, it was like, oh, Madison for 40 mil, got that one. There's always a flip side to it. There's always the Grealish. There's always the uh, Joao Moutinho. There's all these other sort of near misses where had we paid five mil more, we could, we'd get them in. Where where would we be now? Where could we be now? And, and, there's, and he'll also point towards situations like Leeds where they went overboard with the spending, couldn't sustain it, and went down. They were, they were relegated for 10 years, I think, they were, and they've gone back down now. So it, it's frustrating. And, and, but I'll come to you on this one then, JP. 
would you mind being owned by uh, a nation state? I mean, are we in a position to how no, hold them all? <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> nothing deep. <laughs> but but <clears throat> do you know what I mean? Like like are, are our governments that, that invade Iraq and kill a million people? Are are we the moral arbiters here? Uh, who are we to say? Oh, they uh, they whip people for committing adultery and they stone homosexuals, <clears throat> which is obviously horrible. But we also go and invade other countries and kill a million people. Uh, are we are we holding them all high ground here? <laughs> sorry, super deep, sorry. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> answering that. <laughs> I don't even have a platform, and I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> <answer. laughs> um, look, I don't. Anyone who owns a football club or has the kind of money to own a football club these days has got something in their closet that you could kind of dig into and go, you know there's some moral kind of either clearly bad stuff going on or ambiguous in there. It wouldn't be hard to find that with any football owner. I think it's easier to find that with some of this, you know, nation state based stuff because it's so public. Um, where it leaves you as a fan, I don't want to ignore it because I don't think we can ignore it. Um, and we should do everything we can with the platforms we have to draw attention to the social issues that need attention. And that's home and abroad. Um, and, you know, and it shouldn't make a difference, but to your first point, would I be comfortable being owned by a nation state or, or one of these kind of mega wealthy owners? Probably not. I think like you can, it's kind of man city, right? Like, yeah. Do they, do they care? Do their fans care? No, I'm sure their fans, I'm sure their fans do care, but I've spent enough time saying that it doesn't matter because of that, that it would like, it wouldn't mean as much to me if, if we won it that way. Um, although to be honest at this point, I just want to win anything. So maybe, it don't, maybe I don't care. Maybe just give it to me. <laughs> just give me all of the trophies and all of the money. Today, I think Flav, I'd sort of mentioned to you before that, that's uh, about the, the fan advisory board today, uh, it was announced, and congratulations for the positions that were on, on, up for vote. So to Chuck uh, for the international, uh, Chuck in uh, from Austin Spurs, uh, to Pav from uh, Yorkshire Spurs, who are on the fan advisory board. Obviously, Chris Powers. I'm sure, Flav, you know, you know, Chris should be representing Proud Lily Whites. Uh, D will be representing um, uh, Spurs ability and. Shav, I believe his name is Shav. Apologies, Shav, if I got your name wrong. Uh, we'll be representing uh, Spurs Reach. Um, what are your thoughts on on the fan advisory board, Flav? I mean, do you know much about it? I've been sort of quite involved in the background of it. Do you know much about it? Um, no, I mean, not not a great deal. I know what you know that is happening, and I know the uh, the fans have been sort of some fans have been kind of canvassing for support. Uh, we've received a few DMs and stuff, but you, what do you? We we haven't engaged in it because I don't, we don't know any of these people well enough to actually get behind them. Um, I look, I don't want to be cynical. I, I I don't want to be, but when it comes to the club and how much they're willing to listen to supporters, you know, it's not like the trust haven't been in the room for years. Mm. Um, this is something that's kind of been forced upon them. And they've been directly involved in it. Now, I appreciate there's an independent electoral process and that anyone who was put in place, that that decision didn't come from the club. Because if, if it did, then that would make a farce of it all. Mm. I just, what, how much power will it have? And really, fundamentally, I know all of those groups are specific and the needs of each fan group are different depending on what their background is. And all of those people 
are um, you know their voices are important, and it's, and it's good that those people are in the room. But the vast majority of fans will only be interested in how this group can impact, positively impact um, what happens on the pitch. And the, the reality is that it's it's unlikely to. Hmm. But it's a step forward in the right direction, isn't it? The fact that the club and fans are talking to each other, and that that the the the, the club have you know seemingly welcomed it. And I know, I mean, look, Daniel Levy would much rather just be left alone to do whatever he wants to do. But he, there is a level of accountability and there should be because football isn't a business. It's a sport that, that people are emotionally connected to. And Tottenham Hotspur, we're emotionally connected, connected to, to our club. And it means much more than just the customer reference number that they put on us. So to, so to have real people in the, in the boardroom and talking to the owners of the club is a step forward and a positive thing. Yeah. But, but also, uh, to, 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 I'd like to point out, I did get uh, the, Sash's name. I think I combined Sash uh, with with with, uh, Sha- with Pav. So apologies, apologies Sash, uh, who was on the, uh, the the YouTube on Monday. So uh, we're looking forward to having you on on the podcast as well. Um, JP, your your thoughts? I mean, I was I was fully backing uh, Paul from Sydney Ospers for the international spot just because. Because I know I've known him for years. He's a mate, and I know uh, that he would be uh, uh, carry it, yeah, out the it, role really well. Uh, it went to to Chuck in in Austin. It was always going to go to an American um, <clears throat> OSC because there's more of them. There's over a hundred there. There's only fifteen in Australia. I've got twelve in Brazil. I'm chair of Brazil Spurs by ear. Um, but life life says it, it, it. I think it just remains to be seen. Like we, we're all going to be cynical. What, what sort of impact will they have? Because each group has their own agenda. Each group will have their own things that they want addressed. But what we, we as fans want addressed is what's happening on the pitch. Um, look, I think it can only be a good thing. How good it is is yet to be seen. I think what it does help with is the club won't have a way around the next time they try a European Super League type decision where. You know, they had the supporters trust last time that they had to contend with. But if they've invited a fan advisory board in, then they can't go away and say like, oh, we thought this would be good for you um, because clearly the fan advisory board would have talked against that. So there is some benefit in major decisions, but I don't see it impacting ticket prices. Do you, do you, see, do you see a world where Daniel Levy, if we had the option to go into that competition, wouldn't have done because the fan advisory board existed? No. No, no, but he, he doesn't have an out from it either. He has to be accountable, but he yeah, still yeah. would have done it. He still does it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, does this weaken the trust, do you think, Brendan, as well? Sorry to ask questions. No, I, I, uh, it's the trust that, that were, were sort of that, that put me on to the, the fan advisor. Wasn't the trust are heavily involved, like both Rachel and Steve have left, left the chairship of the trust to be on the fan advisory board now, and, and Thula's running, uh, or sort of chair, uh, maybe co-chair, so apologies to the co-chair of the trust, the new co-chair. Um, I don't think so. That the trust have been really uh, in favour of this. It, it does bring in, as you said, a more diverse group of voices, and and it sort of triggered more action uh, from internationally. So we're setting up a, a subcommittee for each region. So I'll, we, I'll be setting up a subcommittee for South America. We've got Australia, North America, Europe, Middle East, Asia, Africa. All these supporters groups, which which do exist, and, and a lot of them are active. I think I saw the um, oops, can't say, well, the in the election results, you could see how many um, were active. So a lot of them are. I, I was surprised. There are some dormant um, supporters groups, but um, 
it sort of triggered more more engagement, more um, togetherness, and and that can only be a good thing. So, uh, like I said, I was just playing devil's advocate before. I'm a, I'm a big big uh, sort of advocate for the fan advisory board, and I hope it succeeds. Uh, it remains to be seen, but I know that the trust put in a hell of a lot of work. That's why it took so long because the trust really wanted to have actual uh, ability for change, the ability to enact to, to hold the club to account if, if, if it's just a way to fob them off it's it's a pointless exercise but i know that the, the trust put in a hell of a lot of work speaking of the trust on a little segue here they do have their summer barbecue on the 23rd i believe of um of july at the uh, antwerp arms i'll be there uh, along with franco and steve divers so if you're a, a trust member or want to get involved uh, do join they'll have pat jennings and uh, mickey hazard uh, as the, I guess the nicest man in the world, Mickey Hazard, uh, will be uh, the, the legends on on the, at the barbecue. Um, but yes, so guys, I know we've been going for an hour now. So Flav, I know you need to to, to get on. But um, Flav, do you want to tell <laughs> as if anyone doesn't know about the fighting cock? No, 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 no. No, I'm really grateful whenever I get the opportunity. The um, the YouTube we have a YouTube channel we're trying to build now, uh, mainly just you know clips from the podcast and whatnot. So if you can't bear to get sit for a podcast, which I understand. Um, then we have what we consider some of the more interesting conversations on our uh, YouTube channel, which you can find by just typing in the fighting cock on uh, on YouTube and go and subscribe. We've just been going for about a month. So, yeah, if you could head over there, that would be fantastic. Yeah, and thanks, by the way, for, for keeping us on our toes with two pods a week during the summer. Man, we're like, we can keep up. We've got to get a pod out. We've got to get a pod out. They're doing two a week. And it's good as well. It's I've got good. a <laughs> Thank you, mate. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't have a job, do I? So it's not a lot easier for me to, to do it. And um, over over the years, we're lucky enough because we've been going and, and podcasting exploded and enabled the fighting cock to become bigger than it would have done if we had started much later. Well, don't, you know, the re part of the reason why the podcast is big in inverted commas is, is because we were there at the beginning, right? Less so that we are, you know, a great podcast. It's, it's, we were very lucky, right? And and because we've been going so long, people feel um, it's a part of uh, people's routine, right? To listen to the fighting cock and in their relationship with Spurs. So the, the second podcast we do each week is the Q&A on a Thursday, which is just nonsense pretty much. But we're lucky enough that people will still listen to it because it has become a habit and, and people um, seem to enjoy it. So it's not two podcasts articulately like planned out podcasting the second one is there's nothing this we ask the questions we answer the questions and if it's good it's good if it is shit then we put it out anyway <laughs> like i said it helped me a lot with the I was, my road trip across panama and colombia so uh That's so thank sweet. you for for that as 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 and also thank you to franco and the guys for for getting the cheese and pot out as well during that time um i, I hope to meet you someday because like, I've, I've met like pretty much everyone well i've met i met windy i met ricky bardi and some of the others. When remember when uh, I met up with Sandra at the. I always bring up Sandro. Sorry, guys. Um, it's, it's all right. It's not the, a brain um, pod if you haven't brought up Sandro by now, is it? Oh, exactly. I love you've, done, you've done well for fifty-eight <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you, sent, you sent me a. Uh, you sent me a. You sent me a like a dedication. I remember sending it over. Yeah, and yeah. Because you just got got my name wrong which is absolutely fine do you know what i mean but it was it was like, what the is, that, is that no i think he said my name <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was your you just got married i think and that's I it was yeah the, that was what yeah, it was yeah yeah, yeah it's amazing thank I, you i was at the sporting game with him and uh we were supposed to go to the leicester game the 6-2 but it was the week that the queen died 
So there was all this uncertainty about whether the game would go ahead and flights and shit. So he booked his flight, but the flight was ca- was uh, was cancelled. So he didn't actually come. So I had all this shit planned. Let's go to the uh, to to the Beehive and then to Tottenham Food Bank and then to to Beaver Town inside the ground all this stuff. And so I sort of we did it, but it was sort of on FaceTime on sort of WhatsApp video. So we sort of did a yeah. WhatsApp video in Be- uh, uh, Beehive. Uh, I dropped off the food at the food bank. <clears throat> And when I got to Beaver, Beaver Town inside the stadium, sort of saw Ricky, Windy, Bardi, and, and the rest of the, the, the fighting cock extra inch yeah. crew. And I get a call from Sandra. He calls up and I sort of answer it. And he's half naked. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guys, this is half naked Sandro. We'll say hello. <laughs> and it was like, all right, Sandro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sandro. <laughs> We could, we could do a second pot a week just with your Sandro <laughs> anecdotes, Brendan. So we're, we're sorted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the guy. I love it. And he's because he doesn't need to be my mate, you know, but he, he is. He's, that's the loveliest guy. I like, just love him. I haven't got any ex Spurs mates. So, oh, sure, you know. sure you do. But we, um, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I generally do. I'd love one, but I don't. The, uh, you know, yeah, it'd be good to meet for a pint. Um, the, my problem is, is I live in Wiltshire in the middle of nowhere in, in, in you know, England's great country. Uh, but it's a mileage from Spurs. It takes like three hours, four hours to get there. So I don't actually go to Tottenham as much as possible. But it was about choosing a life with my wife and mm. children or being utterly crushed by Tottenham Hotspur each weekend. So, uh, I chose the latter. Yeah, I think you made the right choice for sure. And I'm in Brazil as well. Not the latter, but anyway. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I think with that we're done. JP, thanks for joining, man. Thanks for having me. It's been good to chat with you guys late at night here. But, uh, no, it's good. Oh, yeah. Cheers, true. mate. <laughs> Flat, <laughs> mate. Thank you for joining again. Pleasure. Anytime. Legend, legend. Uh, Cheeseheads, do listen out for the next pod. I'm actually going to England or Ireland myself next week, so I'll be off for a couple of weeks again. Uh, but we will be back. I will be back in August when the footy starts, but I'm sure Franco and the guys will get something out. YouTubes will be out uh, as regular. It's like three a week. We're getting YouTubes out, and, and they're coming on big and strong. So do get involved there. And uh, always, as always, follow us on the socials, like, comment, etc., etc. And as ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.